Hey everybody, welcome to Rain City Supercars, episode 51. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we're brought to you by Haggerty. Yeah. We're required to say we're... No, <laughs> no we are. We are, as you realize from the last few episodes, uh, Haggerty has come in as, in our, as our new title sponsor, and we really thank them for that. So, yeah. Um, and, I, and I've said before, I'm a, I've been a Haggerty member for years, so yeah. we'd like to thank you them for their sponsorship. Yep, and this episode actually goes really well with that because our guest today, we have a guest this time, is Shan- guess. Shannon Lowe from Authentic Motor Cars. Welcome. Hi, everybody. How are you? All right, and all my cars are insured with Hagerty insurance. There you go. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't planned. <laughs> that wasn't actually. It wasn't planned, but, but it is. That's funny no. how that works. No, Shannon, Shannon and I and Dan have known each other for a long time, but for a long time, you and I were like ships in the night because we knew of each other because we both had our hair cut by Katrina. And she would talk about you all the time, and I use I'd go, yeah, yeah, I know who he is. I just never met yeah. him face to face. Yeah. In fact, I don't think you and I really started hanging out until like after you left Park Place. Correct. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, truly met like yeah, you know, well, two ships it was in the night, two couple years ago at um, yeah. Monterey. Yeah. She kept oh, saying this girl. Nick guy. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Huge know who head. It is. Huge head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Katrina brings the world together. No, uh, Shannon, if you don't know, uh, long time. Uh, uh, employee at Park Place and now runs Authentic Motor Cars in uh, in uh, Redmond and right by the Whole Foods there right by right the ahead. whole right behind the Whole Foods and they do everything from uh, selling of cars to uh, maintenance on old cars which I know because the Triumph will be spending the winter with you for a new transmission um, but um, I welcome you welcome to the show um, yeah thanks he's a a podcast uh, virgin of yes. sense of sense <laughs> exactly <laughs> don't that there i'm a very low-tech kind of guy that's okay no no no. i like so, living in an analog world boy you, did you come to the wrong place. you act like we're not recording a podcast in the middle of my kitchen <laughs> for now for now <laughs> you know we're gonna get out of here we started from the bottom now we're here so we're still skipping along the bottom but, yeah, we went from like the second floor to the exactly exactly because i got a higher floor. apartment that's about <laughs> yeah, it that's right that's about <laughs> it Shannon, you have worked for, for everybody from Ferrari of Seattle to Park Place to now Authentic. How did you kind of get your start in cars? Because you're yeah. you're a local boy, right? Uh, local to Yakima. Yeah. Although now I've lived, uh, I've lived 22 years here, so I've lived here longer than I've lived in Yakima. But it all started um, working at Volkswagen Audi dealer Steve Hans Performance Volkswagen Audi in Yakima, Washington. Oh wow! Back okay. in '92, as just a lot lot attendant. And, a lonely um, lot boy. Yeah, and then I worked at a couple car washes, did a little bit of detailing, and then I moved over here in 97 and got a job with Bellevue Alfa Romeo Lamborghini and La Forza. Now, where was that? That was on 105th where the Safeway is now. Oh, like what? The Safeway, and all the, that? Yeah. the Safeway parking garage was Bellevue Alfa Romeo Lamborghini. Like here, just down the in street? In downtown Bellevue, 105th. Oh, I was totally wrong. Yeah. I had no idea that. that yeah. Okay. I remember that vaguely from back and then there was a snowboard and skateboard shop right across the parking lot yeah by that old burger place oh it used to be uh fat burger on the corner yeah okay i had no idea and that didn't when i was working there we had a an old like a music store um used cds and cassettes and records right on the corner where maybe fat burger is now that used to be a record store they tore it down like i i lived lived kind of a kitty corner from that on Vin on main there for a while but um yeah i I shop at i used to shop at that safeways all the time yeah the the area's changed a lot (laughs) and i I think and i think bellevue is going to continue changing coming down that way i feel like that safeway is going to be gone here pretty soon and that's going to be part of the bellevue collection but um no i had so i was it was an alpha yeah bellevue alfa romeo lamborghini and then we added la forza 
1998 when they were trying to resurrect the LaForza company, which was an Italian SUV with Ford mechanicals. And so, oh, we, I'm sure it was reliable. We sold a couple. I was going to say it was reliable. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you guys ever, ever heard that. Look up one of those on the internet. They are rare. Kind of cool though. Yeah. Very cool, cool car. Um, all leather interior. Looked like a Maserati on the inside. Yep. Would never own one of those. Um, <laughs> but those were really cool times. I mean, I was always surrounded by Alfa Romeos. You know, people getting to know all the owners. Joined the Alfa Romeo club. Got to sell parts and take phone calls from all over from people, you know, looking for parts, and then getting involved a little bit into the service writing and. You were sales. literally making the noise you don't want to make. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. As the man is speaking, I'm still got that cold. I'm trying not to cough in the mic. Anyway. Okay, so just open one of those I'm cough sorry, drops here. Sorry. sorry. No, I I just looked it up. I I don't think I've ever even seen one of those in, in La Forza. La Forza. So, yeah. um. The dealership was here, and they were doing Alpha. So was that before? Did did Ferrari yeah, so that have was, Alpha at that the time was, too? Uh, the Perinas. Okay. And at that time, Grand Prix Motors was the Ferrari dealership, Maserati dealership, Alfa Romeo dealership, and Downtown. Capitol Hill. But they only had Ferrari because Alpha and Maserati had pulled out of the U.S. Okay. So that was owned by a uh, uh, gentleman, Steve Bain, and that company was originally started in the '60s. Um, uh, who's the, who's the gosh? He just he was a racer guy, and he passed away a couple years ago. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Pete Lovely. Okay. So Pete Lovely and Steve Bain started Grand Prix Motors on Leshy. Then they moved it up to Capitol Hill years later. Okay. So long story short, back in 1999, Steve wanted to retire, so he sold the Ferrari franchise to the Perina family. Okay. We closed Bellevue Alfa Romeo Lamborghini because of the sort of competition between Ferrari and, and Lamborghini, they wouldn't let us continue selling Lamborghini. So we became Ferrari what? of Seattle. Ferrari and Lamborghini don't get along together? This is <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Breaking news here on Rain City Supercars. So, yeah. so I went from thinking Lamborghinis were the coolest and, you know, Ferrari, uh, everybody can have a Ferrari, but only cool people have Lamborghini to promoting the Lamborghini brand to then all of a sudden thinking Lamborghini was the black sheep that no one wanted and Ferrari was the <laughs> so best. So you caught How up with the rest you... of the world that Lamborghini's the black sheep, yeah. <laughs> How can you challenge Ferrari, mighty Ferrari? But it was, it was a fun time and then got to be involved with Maserati's relaunch into the U.S. back in 2002 with the Spider and the Coupe. So they moved Maserati down there and then Alpha down there. Because I remember being over here when I was a kid, like 18, 19, which would have been 99, 2000, yeah. and they had the Alpha symbols up on the side with Ferrari. Correct. Grand Prix always had the Maserati and the Alpha symbol. Yeah. But then when it became a new company, they made us drop those. Oh, okay. And so it was simply Ferrari of Seattle. Ferrari of Seattle, I do So uh, Maserati hadn't been in the U.S. since 1991. And then it, they relaunched the brand in the U.S. in 2002. And uh, we actually had the right. launch for the two cars up at Newcastle Golf Course. Ooh, fancy. And Keith Martin was one of the guest speakers from Sports Car Market ah, Magazine. Good old Keith, so that was the yes. first time I met him. It's, it's always interesting meeting Keith. Because every time you meet Keith, <laughs> you're meeting Keith again. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. I've introduced myself to Keith I don't know how many times. But uh, <laughs> well, it's a lot of people. It yeah. was it was fun being involved in all the those different you know eclectic car brands and then uh, what were you doing for them? Were you selling? I was, I was jack of all trades. Yeah, okay. I, w I would do sales. I would do parts sales at the counter. I would write up the reconditioning sheets. I I would um, 
You really I'd were clean a jack the cars. I would represent the cars at car shows. I would put ads together for the little Harmon Autos magazines. <laughs> oh, I remember those. Damn, I remember yeah. those. I, yeah, old school. Did everything. Okay. I met with vendors for reconditioning. Um, wow. Yeah, it was. It, that was when the company was small, and, yeah. and the staff was you know very. Everybody helped out wherever they could. It was all hands on deck. <laughs> what do so. you do? I work there. What do you do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What exactly is your job description? I don't know. And if I wrote it on a business card, it would be a huge business card. Yeah. Well, that's so. So, so you were there. And then, and then in 04, you... I moved on to Park Place um, through a referral from uh, John Eltringham. Ah, Mr. Eltringham. Oh, yeah. And Previous guest. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, got, got sort of on board there. Started off in sales, but then quickly morphed into, again, jack of all trades. Yeah. And I found myself organizing the lot. I found myself wanting to go to the auctions, go to the car shows. So I was a very familiar face at all of the Seattle auto shows for, ever since 1998. People will remember, you know, know probably remember me. <laughs> Have you seen this man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, uh, I, mean, I mean, I remember one of the first times going to Park Place, and it was probably... Wow, I'm going to say like 2000, 2002, like that. I mean, you know, adult kid candy store. Yeah. Just stuff you just never saw coming from Spokane. I mean. Yeah, I used to go in there ever since I was a little kid. I'd yeah. go in there just to look around, and they were nice enough to just let me look. I knew I knew better than to touch, so they were cool with me just poking around, and I was always just, you know, that kid. And that opens up everybody to the eclectic world of all sorts of cars. Classics, yeah. hot rods. Panos. Yeah, What's like a Panos? Panos? Yeah. <laughs> Superformance Cobras. Panos, Lotus. Superformance. <laughs> what else was in there? I mean, I remember being in there when, um, what was it uh, that you had the... Uh, Scooter had the uh, shop that he... The, Car Nuts the, Customs. Car Nuts Customs. That's oh, yeah, what it yeah, was. in the back. Yeah. And he had that blue Lamborghini Gallardo that yeah. he, had, he had built and yeah. taken to all the shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, before that even, yeah. when, he, when they first opened uh, Car Nuts, he had a Corrado, Volkswagen Corrado, that was painted... Benetton colors, so it was all sorts of different colors and oh, had these like Momo the, yeah, wheels sure. and yep. special interior. That's coming back. Those what, what would you call it? Benet, uh United Colors of Benetton? Yeah, ben, Benetton. Have you seen that? Like that's that's a thing now. That's come, people are painting their Volkswagens like the they're all different panels and different colors. Oh, yeah, I, m- I remember. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen anything seen it come back lately. I'm not surprised because the ones that they had though you could buy were, were collectors' items now in their own way. So I now I, there was a Golf that was all different kind. Yeah, it was a Golf it was, one, uh, Yeah. You can buy it that way. Solomondrin off of YouTube has one, a brand new one that they, that you can rent out from Ga- uh, Galpin Auto Sports and they just did it. And I, I, that's what got me onto it. And I started researching it and I just feel like it's just a really good way for people to, uh, justify having different color body panels. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's supposed to look like that. I swear. Har- Harlequin golf. Har- Harlequin. That's right. Harlequin yeah, golf. Absolutely. Look at See, you always have all the answers. It may take you a minute to get there. Well, but I remember you seeing have all one of those answers. brand new when it was at Pignatero Volkswagen yeah, up in Pignatero. Everett yeah. or yeah. Linwood area. Yeah, yeah. right yeah. off 99 Everett the, Mall way. They actually there. had it up up on a raised platform. Yep. It's so nice. We got to keep the people away from it. <laughs> I used to work right behind there at ARA, the collision place back there back in the day. So saw a lot of yeah. fun cars go through there. Jeez. Okay. So you were with Park Place from 2000. About 13 years. 13 yeah. years. I mean, and. Great place. And now you have moved on to Authentic Motor Cars. Yeah. <laughs> in Redmond. Now tell us a little bit about Authentic. Yeah. So I had an opportunity to go to work for one of our clients um, at Park Place, who I'd been selling cars to for quite a while, and uh, got an opportunity to come on board with him and manage his car collection. And we started Authentic Motor Cars. Um, that enabled me to, you know, sell his vehicles and buy vehicles on his behalf. 
And then we've sort of, you know, slowly over the last year and a half, we've integrated customer service, storage, and sales. So um, consignments of, of collector cars, storage of collector cars, and servicing the cars. We're, we're pretty small still yet. We've got one technician, and there's five total employees that work there. Um, you have the OCD of, of technicians. I mean... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a great thing. Well, I, I had worked with Randy before at Ferrari of Randy, Seattle and also at Park Place. I, I got to give a, a shout out to Randy because Randy is one of the most detail-oriented people I know. And it's like, well, I, I had some work done on the Triumph earlier this year, and then we're having some more done because of that. And I have never had a better sit down and, and walk through of like, this needs to be done. This you don't need. I mean, he's so meticulous in, in everything he does. And it's an incredible job out there. It's like, and I'm picky when it comes to people that touching that car because of the history with the car with me. Right. It's not worth anything that I'll put into it, but I love that car and, and Randy does a wonderful job out there. So, and you guys, I mean, he, Randy can really much, pretty much service anything. The man, the knowledge base is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was factory trained on Ferrari, Porsche, Alfa Romeo, Maserati. Um, He's done. Yeah, he did a little bit of Lotus yeah. service. And yeah. So everything that needs a lot of service. All everything the time. that needs a lot of service, Randy knows how to do, but it's a wonderful service department. I can't, I, he's I been involved in racing teams. Yeah. Um, He's a good guy. But um, yeah, so Authentic Motor Cars, if you don't know, sits kind of behind. Well, maybe you could give a better so description. Whole Foods Redmond, it's, it's right Whole Foods off Redmond, of, but uh, Yeah, we're right, right parallel to 520 on yeah. Northeast 70th Street, yeah. down that dead end dead end road um, by the Whole Foods and it's Brown a, Bear Car Wash. Yep. It's a wonderful, wonderful right, adult. Right behind Marymore Park in the summertime, we can hear all the concerts going on, which is great. Well, that's even better, depending on who's playing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the last concert I was in Marymore with. Oh, yeah, yeah me I either. It was revolution, but now it, I remember why I don't remember it. Uh, what was fun uh, for my automotive career in the beginning, let's say, yeah. so got to be part of, got to see the end of Alfa Romeo, sad, got to be a part of Maserati coming back to the U.S., that was cool, got to be a part of Spiker. I went to oh, Spiker training cool. in Atlanta. I love those cars. My boss has one of those cars. Um, That's right. Awesome, awesome car. Uh, you know, kind of caught the tail end of Panos. I didn't really get into that too much, but they're they're great driving cars and cool story that company still exists um i don't even think i know that story american like, le mans oh i mean oh sorry i mean panos panos yeah, yeah. i mean we, we, we i mean i know them from some of the stuff that they, they brought to concorso and and the yeah. uh, what is that the that, palm springs uh, palm Spr no but I mean, he they had that concorso. really narrow front end car it was like oh the, the uh, aiv roadster yeah, something like that it was just insane but i mean i Really, the only reason I knew of Panos is, I mean, because they, they, I always feel like they're they're really always around Road Atlanta. Like that's their, I think that's their test track. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and they're because it's American V8s, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ford powered. Ford powered. Ford powered. So I was way yeah. off. Okay. I mean, they're always kind of neat cars, but I didn't know that they, that you guys sold them here. I always knew about Spiker was a big deal. Well, Chris I mean, used you know. to race for him, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Chris Bingham. Yeah. Okay. Park Place used to race for him, and so they sold them out of Park Place. So that was when I went in there as a kid, and I was telling—he remember him telling me that story when I was a little kid. Yeah, I never, I've always remembered that. And hmm. then he moved on to Celine, yeah. the Celine S7 that they had for a while that they competed. That's another insane car that I just don't. Yeah, so they were a Celine S7 dealer. That was before my time there, but uh, I remember when I started. So I started in '04, uh, spring of '04. They still had two unsold new O2 Lotus Esprits sitting on the showroom floor. <laughs> Wow. Lotus was such a small company. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they sold less than probably fifty cars a year in the United States. Fifty cars a year. Go think about that. I mean, how small that company is. I mean, literally was a small company in the turnip fields. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Lotus has always always intrigued me, and I, and I think the capability of what you can do with a Lotus, I mean, the power that it can take, and then, I mean, look what Hennessy did with one. Well, I guess that's technically just the window and the doors, but still. <laughs> Stretched and it's motor, stre- it's a stretch, turbo. You guys were even a, a Saab dealership. At, at- yeah, and then we, we got Saab because we were a Spiker dealer, and then when Spiker purchased right. Saab, we became a Saab dealer. I think that was 20 or 2008, I think, and it only lasted a couple years. And then by 2010, you know, they went, they were bankrupt. And that was just due to many different reasons. Uh, bankrupt the buying General bankrupt. Motors not uh, approving, the, extending the technology agreements so that they wouldn't have any electronics or engines or mechanicals to use. Uh, the Swedish government put a couple roadblocks to investors that they didn't like. Um, so, it, yeah, unfortunately, it was a sad story. It was a real sob story. Oh. Uh, we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to come back because I want to talk to you about one of my favorite car companies that you sold is Spiker because that's a company that I just if, – okay, if, you, as, as a, as if you're listening to this and you don't know what a Spiker is, go look it up right now, and then after the break, we're going to talk more about it. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Okay, Shannon, um, I want to talk about Spiker because I feel like you know probably more than anybody. And if, if our listeners have done what I asked them to, go look at it. I mean, the one thing that got me when, you know, initially before I knew anything about Spikers, you look at a Spiker, one is the doors and two is the shipping mechanism. And, you yeah. know, there it's an incredible rolling piece of art. Like, and I, to be truthful, I don't know if I've even seen that many of them ever on the road. I, every time I've seen one, it was either in the Park Place showroom well, I guess I saw I saw one um, through you once, but I, I it's just an incredible car. Yeah, can you give us a little bit of background that you know about it? Like, oh, I it, I love Spiker. It's probably one of my most favorite modern supercar companies of all time, and I definitely drank the Kool Aid. Did you? Uh, <laughs> You're salivating. <laughs> what, I can what's see. What's cool about that is that it's basically one guy's brainchild, Victor Mueller, who CEO. He pretty much designed all of the cars himself. Um, they're all built out of aluminum. They're all handmade. They're just such, uh, it's kind of like Jules, you know, what was it? Jules, Jules Verne, Verne? Yeah. 3000 leagues Absolutely. under the sea or yeah. whatnot. You know, they're kind of spacey, but yet they're kind of retro and, and they're and, a mid engine, uh, mid engine V8, like Audi, source, Audi correct? V8, okay. correct. Yeah. Uh, 4.2 liter reliable power plant, good power delivery, lightweight cars, tube tubes, um, chassis. And they're built a lot like an aircraft. So they're very aeronautical inspired. And Hence the logo, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, he, but it harks back to, you know, the 1940s, 1920s, 1940s, and that, that sort of style when, when there was a company called Spiker that built airplanes and they built the first uh, all-wheel drive six-cylinder car that I think was back in the 30s, which won the Peking to Paris rally. And he, he had okay. nothing to do with cool. the, the family. He wasn't of that lineage, but he just wanted the Dutch people to have a supercar company of their own. And so he resurrected the name Spiker. Okay. They had the, they initially had a 12-cylinder, a which was the W12 from Volkswagen, that was also a mid-engine. That car was a little bit longer. Then they came out with the C8. 
the CH Spider. And were they all spiders? They were. They originally they were spiders, and okay. then they developed the uh, the coop, which they called the Laviolette, which was named after a Frenchman that a fighter ace. Uh, I believe. Up if he was French, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and uh, okay. that car was um, released, I think, in two thousand nine. So, um, I from what I heard, the the original story was they were making their debut uh, at one of the auto shows, and. It might have been Detroit Auto Show. I'm not sure. Can't remember. But uh, September uh, 11th happened during their their press release of the Auto Show, and all of a sudden, everybody at the Auto Show was glued to the TVs watching the towers come down. And that was sort of, you know, they they just launched their original product at the total wrong time, and the whole economy. You know, we all know what happened after, as a result. It crashed sure. for years. So they 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 struggled from the beginning. Um, they've always kind of been the underdog of the supercar community. They didn't have the name recognition Ferrari, Lamborghini had, um, even even some other smaller manufacturers like Bugatti or um, Never heard Pagani. of them. <laughs> yeah. Who? Who? Yeah. yeah but mean, when they, you look at a... Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, one of the, one of the coolest... I, I, I'll never forget the, the, the logo is the... The propeller and it's a spiker on top, and in Latin below it, it says. Um, I had to look it up because I knew I was going to say it wrong, and my Latin isn't exactly good. It's a uh, nulla tenacity in via est via, which means for the tenacious, no road is impassable. Correct. And it's on all of their cars uh, on the logo, which you're is making just, me hot just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, say it slower. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like. I just, if you guys haven't gone and looked up a spiker late, lately or haven't seen one in person, they're pretty much an art to behold. You can tell that there is a lot of passion in the design just looking at the cars. And you do get that vibe of uh, Pagani, Bugatti, kind of when you look at it, right. where, especially Pagani, actually, where I've seen them side by side almost with the, at Concorso, where we've had the Paganis there and we've had the spikers. And it's like, man, there's a lot of design cues that carry over between those yeah. two. And they're not related companies, but there's a certain. Uh, heart to the designer you can kind of see where it's you can see the passion in the design versus somebody just designing something for the most functional thing possible like we see all the time here like these definitely stand out it's it's pretty great and the steering wheels are designed like the uh, attention to craftsmanship is incredible and like i I always saw i always felt like spiker kind of started that idea that you could do that and then people like you know horatio pagani has taken that to a whole new level. We call know. that bespoke automobiles. There we yes. go. Coach built. But they that, are truly are a coach built automobile. That's the way it used to be done. You, you, you'd buy a Packard, then you'd take it to a, you know, right. a, a bespoke dealer, and they would build you th- what you wanted for your car, which is something... I mean, obviously, it's ungodly expensive, but the, the products that come out of it are incredible. And I mean, unfortunately, I think the mainstream buying public that that buy supercars spiker is sort of a misunderstood brand it people are expecting to get this you know that it's supposed to be super you know this can be performance oriented and it's gonna it should have better zero to 60 times or it should have a higher top speed or set you know better handling uh records around the nurburgring but the point of spiker is that it is a bespoke vehicle and it's all about the design and the finesse and the build quality um, it's above all. It's you above have a spiker all. because you've already had a Ferrari. You've already had a Lamborghini. Yes. You know, you have a spiker because you That's want something truly special. Yeah. That's <laughs> why. Because we haven't had a Ferrari or Lamborghini. But had we had yet. one. 
<laughs> actually, we ran the last biker we ran into was at Concorso. Yeah, we have. The we actually ran into uh, Mark Green, a good friend of ours from the podcast Cars. Yeah, and he was down there, and it was it was like it was blue. yellow. They had, we had two of them there side yeah. by side. We had a yellow and white interior one, which was loud. Yeah, and there was a blue one I think next to it. I have yeah. photos of both. I can post, and it's pretty awe inspiring car to look at. But you're exactly right. I, I look at Spiker as kind of like that car that will be the equivalent of the. 80 to 100 years from now that'll be this era's Packard or you know Cord not that it's going to be this this era's or you know Ferrari like they were back then <laughs> you know it's it's kind of that own little class of vehicle yeah. which is what makes it so cool I think it's uh, it's one of those cars that will be timeless and they, they only made 50 coupes for the entire world yeah. and only 124 spiders for the entire world so you've got to if you put that in i mean if if a collector is truly looking for something totally unique that you're not going to see at, at the same car show it's it's kind of hard to beat and then you're seeing the values now starting to rise as a result you know, um, as the cars go I didn't from collectors. They were even that rare. I mean, I, I thought yeah. they had built a lot more. Con- we had two uh, drive spiders. up. <laughs> yeah, two b- drive up. Monterey Car Week, folks. No. We're telling yeah, you only, go. In, only in Monterey. <laughs> yeah. But, no, that's an incredible thing. And I mean, it's interesting to watch. Like I was, I was listening today that um, somebody uh, online, somebody was talking about that new Ferrari with the SP1 and the SP2. Have you seen those? Yeah, I did. So looked from awesome they, looking yeah, car. Exactly, and they're going back to this vintage look. Reminded me a lot of the. Um, uh, the the Sterling Moss McLaren SLR exactly. Mercedes concept that they these did classic looks and they're putting them on the modern sports cars and 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 going back to this bespoke look and I mean obviously charging ungodly amounts um, yeah, there was that PT Cruiser throwback look oh God, well, I would never <laughs> who would want one of those um, it's a jab we take every time don't worry um, <laughs> Shannon's like why are you saying that that's not nice it's, it's not but it is what it is there was something I posted up. no we just call those PT losers oh ouch. yeah Matt see I told you <laughs> there was a photo that I posted up about a, two weeks ago on Facebook that somebody had taken a, a new 812 or it was an 812 or a the one before it the 7 what's before the 812 on the Ferrari? F12. F12. And they had taken it and rendered it to make it look like an old 250 GTO at the front end. And it I looked, did. I saw it that. It looked yeah. so good. I was like, somebody should make that car, but but make it right. But like this kickback to the the classic looks. And I always think Spiker Spiker looks like a car that you, you like you said, it, it's something that is so bespoke and it's, it's, it's an elegant uh, extravaganza to drive the car. It doesn't matter if it goes fast because you're watching the gear mechanisms and, and that, 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 that Spiker has and, and how it works and the linkage. It's incredible. And driving those cars, I mean, I've driven them on the track before at, at um, Atlanta Motor Speedway. They're not slow cars no, by any means, all. but they're not, you know, supercar fast. No. Um, and they have butterfly doors. They're fast enough to keep you entertained. <laughs> sure. And the sound is one of the best sounding cars I've ever heard in my entire life. I always, people ask, what's that car to drive like? I said, well, it sort of has the power and the sound of an AC Cobra, but it has the finesse of a Lotus. That's a good way to put That's it. That's a great, sounds like Somebody a great Somebody should be working for Spiker. That's yeah. right. <laughs> hey, they're coming back, I heard. Yeah. Well, I heard like three years ago, but I'm still yeah, hoping. They're, they're still struggling. I, yeah. I wish them, them all the luck. And <laughs> if everybody had the passion like I did trying to sell them, maybe they would have sold better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, maybe if they'd made a few more of them, you could have sold a few more and the passion would be Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so is Shannon to blame or not? On the next, no. <laughs> so we're, speaking of passion, though, what did what really started it off for you? 
Because you um, probably won't find many people more passionate Well, cars. you know, <laughs> grow, growing up as a kid, playing with the Hot Wheels cars, building models, watching Cannonball Runs, Smoking the Bandit, Weird Science, you know, it's uh, that's why I have a 928. I was going to say 928, yeah. <laughs> Risky business. Um, yeah. Just just being introduced to cars at, at a young age and growing up in a small town like Yakima didn't really have a lot of exposure to those kind of cars. Most most people had hot rods or, or muscle cars. There was I joined the Yakima Valley Sports Car Club when I got, got my driver's license, and I was driving a Volkswagen Jetta GLI at the time which was pretty Euro, you know, I had a Alpine pullout cassette player and a cell phone. Nice. <laughs> Somebody came from money. <laughs> uh, but I, I always was attracted to European cars, sure. um, sports cars, exotics. And so when I was in high school, junior year, we were watching a, the graduate movie as a project for, for school. We're trying to create, so that made me fall in love with Alfa Romeo. And what was it? That was an alpha duetto spider. Duetto spider. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so when I was in college and going to Yakima community college, I bought an alpha male spider from Bellevue alpha male and it was the graduate model. No, it was an 87. Okay. That makes better sense. It would be new then. (laughs) But that, that started the craze. So then I joined the alpha male club. And then when I got the job at Bellevue alpha, you bought an alpha, you learned to fix an alpha. (laughs) (laughs) Then you joined the alpha club. Yeah, uh, it was it was fun time, and yeah. um, you had to be the only guy on that side. I was of the, the only only Alfa Romeo in town that I know of. Oh, absolutely, especially <laughs> most people thought it was a Ferrari. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Driving on the street, Close. somebody thinks you have a Ferrari. That's okay. that's okay. So, so getting the job at the Alfa dealer was sort of the pinnacle of you know my my Halo career. Knew, knew that I was at the right place. I wanted to be around these kind of cars and the and the kind of car people. I mean, they're they're a very passionate group, the Alfa Romeo Club and um, and Ferrari owners, obviously the same Lamborghinis. I mean, when you get introduced to these cars, and each club is a little bit different. You know, they all have. They get along, but it's the shark and the jets. Exactly, and, yeah. and they're all like, you know, the, you know, you British guys. You, you're all a bunch oh, of you, eclectic what group do you mean, of people. You people? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. There's to each. I mean, I love the Alpha Club. I, Fred, does Fred Russell run the Alpha Club? He's he's our president. He's the president. Yeah. yeah, Fred does a great job, and I mean, you know, obviously Fred has a rough job too. But um, no, I mean, some of the Alpha, like the, I remember going down to, I think it was it was Ferrari Seattle Alpha when they they had an eight C when it first yes. came out. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. car. But you didn't realize what you were staring at because, I mean, you're sitting there and you're looking there and there's beautiful Ferraris all around you. And they've got this 8C in the middle and, and people, I think people over underestimated it. I mean, especially in the price point it was, well, at, it was just yeah, $300,000, but yeah. only 75 of yeah. those came to the U.S. Yep. Um very coveted now by collectors. Yeah, yeah. If you can find them. We had a gentleman that used to bring one out to Exotics yeah, all the time it and it was times. just yeah. absolutely gorgeous. And you, and for some reason, like, I don't. It, it was always a beautiful car, but it it you, you never understood how beautiful and how eclectic and how rare it is. Right. Well, the only favorite part about those was, I mean, uh, besides looking at it from every angle, but the uh, the matching luggage. Right. That's in yeah. the back of the car, just gorgeous. It's like every detail on that car. The more you look at it, the better it gets. But looking inside and just seeing that perfectly matched luggage to the interior, it's just amazing. Yeah. Another car that very I, I call that a bespoke car. I mean, that yes. was a, a very Design-oriented vehicle. I mean, did they, you have to be invited to own that car, or was it? 
It, it wasn't. No, it, they didn't have the, the no, stipulation it, like Ferrari did. You but. know, a lot of people didn't had forgotten about Alpha, and they didn't really push that car. Only select Ferrari dealers could sell that car, and okay. I mean, most dealers only got one or two to sell. Um, I think you, you know you're you're truly. Um, executive level alpha collectors knew about that car and placed an order and got one of those cars but uh it wasn't really a car that was pushed a whole lot they did come out with a roadster i've only ever seen one um there was an I've hc spider seen a white one i think i think yeah. it's in monterey. monterey i've seen one in pretty monterey. sure i think it was just two years ago i yeah. remember seeing it i think and being like oh wow 8C. you don't realize what you yeah. saw yeah that- it was one of those took me a second i was like did i just see an 8c roadster like you kind of double check you're like was that a 4c no that was an 8c that well, car was supposed to spearhead the return of Alfa Romeo. And then, you know, the Italians, they always say, oh, yeah, another two years. We're going to have Alfa's going to be back. Another, oh, two, another years. two years. Yeah. We don't have our designs Well, and right. I kind of think what's, <laughs> what, what speared, had, what speared the people to actually know that Alfa was back was when they released the 4C. Right. Which I get as a track car. I mean, not really the car you want to buy if you have to go to Costco or anywhere. Uh, <laughs> great car, though. I mean, fun car to drive. But yeah. That is fun a... Fun car to drive... I wish it came in a proper stick shift. Yep. Proper I, stick and, and that's what everybody says. They yeah. wish that, why won't Alpha bring a manual transmission back? If you're going to go with a car that raw, no power steering, no, the front doesn't even open. I mean, it's like, it's sort of the equivalent of a Lotus. A, yeah. Italian Elise. Lotus Elise. And yet no manual. Same with the Quadrifoglio too, though. No manual option. Mm-hmm. And the stick is like directly placed out of a BMW. It's like, right. obviously the F80, tr- the, what's that? Eight speed, the ZF8 transmission in there which is fine but it, it's like you can tell there's there's still that um parts bin kind of car that it, italian cars have done for a long time lamborghini with their you know transplanted lights and things like that like you look close you start seeing the parts right. bin parts and it's i take a quadrifoglio over an m3 or an m4 but still it's funny to even see that still yeah and, and what was so disappointing for me being an alfisti is i was at the la auto show when they relaunched the alfa romeo julia and every car on display was a quadrifoglio with a stick shift they had five of them on display they were all seven speed manual transmissions and yep. then we didn't get that that gearbox in the u.s yep. well no i was talking I'm in, and i agree i love a quadrifoglio i mean i love the car but i was talking about the 4c and like the price point that oh, was I know. That. When you, and when, when you when you got a car like that that i didn't realize you could have a car for under a hundred thousand dollars and have a full carbon fiber and carbon fiber tub like like a vet no, <laughs> a real car. <laughs> no one would want to buy one of those vets. The vet's not a full carbon tub, is it? No, not on the, on the Z06. It is the bottom. Well, it's, it's not. It's, it's not the same. Okay, thing. I was right. like, wait a minute. Like, I mean, close. I'm not. But I, re- I remember, like, first when I'm going down and looking at that. You know, the four C is an awesome car for yeah, the money. Yeah, it, it, amazing. And I think in the future, it'll definitely be a car worth collecting because supposedly this is the last year for that car. Yeah, they're not going to make them anymore. It hasn't really sold well in the U.S. I think it's it's like the Lotus. It's too small for the average American driver. Um, it's not very practical, and there's just not enough people that want to focus on just buying a track toy. You know, um, the Julia has gone over very well. It's you know I I think the Julia it it, it meets a certain price point and a certain fulfillment of I I I want something nicer than a Chevy Tahoe and I don't want to pay. You know, Urus money or, or Porsche <laughs> GTS money, but oh, yeah. you mean the Stelvia, Stelvia and the Julia? Yeah. But I'm saying it's both. Yeah, the yeah. Stelvia is awesome. The yeah. SUV is actually great. Yeah, and and you want to stand out from the crowd a little bit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, like I said, I would take it over the M3, M4. I, I, like you said, I don't like that it doesn't come with a manual option because it needs one. Which and I is don't like weird. Because it, 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 well, it does. And, the, and if you, you get just the can't optional, get it here. <laughs> if you go all out, you get every option, and you get those gorgeous uh, carbon fiber backed Recaros. Yeah. The heating isn't an option, and in an American market, that's kind of a stupid move, in my opinion, because it adds what half an ounce to every. Seat? That's the Italians, though. It's a give and take relationship. Right. Uh, you can have this, but no, not at this. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. Wait, what can I have? No, <laughs> I don't understand. I was just having this conversation with somebody today. We're like, everything about that car, but if you want to go all out, like, I mean, you get a McLaren with one piece buckets, you get heated seats. Come on. That just adds weight in a McLaren. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, Dan. Doesn't. Well, speak, well, I guess when you're comparing it to an M3 or M4, though, which has an awful interior compared to every other thing on the market. I, I've not been impressed by BMW's interiors or Mercedes interiors lately at all. I, I Alpha, I think, did a wonderful job. In yeah. fact, we had a good when, oh, yeah. one, of, one of our, our, our acquaintances had one of the first uh, Julia Quattroforges in the area. And I remember looking at that interior going, that, this is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, well, the totally Italians do no style. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I, I was going to actually talk about that I just that wish earlier. they could put that horsepower in the Ghibli. Just right. saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about that earlier. Uh, Italian cars in general, like people who love Italian cars, tend to also like love style and art. And I think that's, and it shines through because you're hard pressed to beat the interior of a Ferrari. If you look at the interior of a Ferrari next to compared to the other hypercars, even Lamborghini, or I guess. Uh, although, is, although I would challenge you on one thing. Ooh. Interior of an Aston Martin. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. The yeah. British also know how to, you know, but they're totally different. Yeah. Uh, attitudes. Yes. I was going to say, like in the McLarens we've driven, they're so function forward. They're like, this is designed to go fast. That's it. Focus on that. And I think Ferrari does this gorgeous job of making it look like you're just in this plush. Everything matches perfectly and the stitching matches perfectly. And every loop is the same. Aston does that very well, too. I still think both companies need to focus more on reliability. (laughs) I mean... I do. I, I feel. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of beautiful cars out there from Aston and Ferrari, but there's some reliability yeah. issues. I think that that's part f- of the fun of owning those. Brands. That's not part of the. Fu- I mean, <laughs> I, I, there, I don't. I'm with you. I, I, when when Aston Martin came out with their that that keyless system, and it was it wasn't a key, it was an emotion chip, an emotion control unit. That's right, an, an ECU. emotion control unit that you did not want to drop because it was ungodly. Exp- you thought regular keys were expensive, yeah. and yeah. almost every one I've seen has been dropped. Absolutely, and chipped. Oh and sure, cracked. yeah, it was like because it, it was crystal or right. it was, yeah, I mean it was ridiculous. It was ridiculously heavy too. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, and you, and you you pushed it into the dash, and it was right. just, everything came alive. But but if you want all of the above, you buy German. That's what the Porsche exists for. Oh, wow. Just get in it and go forever. You're, but it's not the same experience. Nine! <laughs> it's totally not the same experience, though. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and I don't, I will not understand some of the price points. Like I said, we, we've talked about this with the Porsches. It's like Dan and I went to that exclusive uh, series right. reveal and they had a, they had a cabriolet there that was the turbo S exclusive and it was 340,000, but then they had just a regular 911 turbo S convertible with them, a loaded one. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. It had every option of the sun. It was a beautiful car. It was $244,000. And I even, I sent a photo of it to bad clear bras on Instagram because the clear bra was cut so bad on the car that I was just like, who did this? By Braille? Like price points. Like, I'm, but, but yeah, yeah, and I was just showing him one today because I've been looking at, I'll admit, I've been having my eye on this 911 Turbo S that uh, Lamborghini Bellevue has right now. It's a 14 Turbo S and it is gorgeous. Perfect car, optioned really well. I actually know the previous owner. 
and it's a hundred. They want one hundred and twenty-four for it on a two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars right. sticker car. Right. Can you imagine losing a hundred grand in four years, and it's only yeah. going to go to a hundred next Try year? Try buying a Bentley or a Rolls Royce new. <laughs> exactly. Ironically, though, I would I would own a, uh, the uh, what's the two door Bentley. Um, Continental GTS? Yeah, I'd own one of those. Like, especially, I would not buy it new. Absolutely. I mean, they're beautiful cars, but the, what you get for a used car there and something that somebody, you know, took care of and drove, I mean, drove they're a nice cars. Right. So, right. a thousand miles, like, it, they're beautiful cars. That's right. another interior that, like, I mean, with Bentley and Rolls and stuff like that, I mean, I wish some of the, the, the attention to detail with Rolls would, would trickle down into BMW. I mean, I like what BMW is doing, but not like in some of the mid stuff. Well, you go to the, the seven, 5 and the 7, though. Yeah, they're the beautiful. Alpinas and stuff, they're, yeah. they're beautiful, but it, like the 3 Series is like a trash bin car on the inside compared to even a Volkswagen Jetta now. It's it really all plastic is. and they still I just, want 90. When I go to the modern you know, auto shows, I just really keep falling back into classic cars. I, I Oh, yeah. Really, the, the cars have become so sophisticated and so good they sort of take the fun away from driving a little bit. Um, and Maybe that's when why you I prefer pop an engine and actually cars. work on something. Not, not necessarily just working on, but just feeling like you're a part of the car rather sure. than just controlling it. Yes. I don't, I don't need you to drive me, <laughs> sir. Where would you like to go? I, one of my friends just bought a brand new seven series and M sport. And, and he let me drive it. And there was so much going on with that car. So many screens and, yeah. you know, changing the feeling of the steering and the throttle response. And you're just like, wow, I, I was so lost because I'm like, I'm so distracted. There's so much happening right now. I just want to get in the car and drive and I want to feel what the car is doing and to be able to control it. And now BMW has gesture motion, all this crap. Oh, all yeah. This, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I remember when being in Spokane, when the original E46 came out with the Tiptronic and it's the same Terrible time. That the, 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 sa- the same time. Yeah, that we seven, called that Clunktronic. The Clunktronic. Yeah, yeah. SMG. The same time the 7 Series came out that had iDrive. Yeah. And, I, and the, the dealership in Spokane sold like 15 brand and the new bangle 7 butts. Series. With that iDrive, and and like thirteen or fourteen of them came back because people could not drive them. They were ju- it was too hard, and people were running into things, and they were just it's too much technology. I right. agree. Well, I like it, but the five series parasitic battery drain issues that affect the I think it's the fifteen to seventeen cars. Oh, well, you have to get a new battery every year. Every year because uh, <laughs> it's the car's constantly on. Yeah, yeah. So it drain it parasitically drains the battery every year to the point of failure, but it gives you a warning. To, you have to go to your dealer. After, but now it's like under a instead of a class action lawsuit, they just replace the battery every year. Have you ever driven an eighties BMW? Have you driven yes. an eighties seven yeah. series oh, or had, an eighties five series? Well, my dad had a uh, a nineteen eighty five five thirty five. You know how good those cars yep. felt. I mean, they were truly a driver's machine. It, they lived up to their slogan: the ultimate driver's that's machine. That's why the E thirty M three is so good. Yeah, but that's when they only Absolutely. had like four cars. They had a, a three series, a five series, right. a seven, and an eight. A four, I'm sorry, four, you know. They had a six series too. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. the six series as well. So, but yeah. I mean, that was because in 1985, when my dad bought that car, it was red and had the gold BBS wheels. It had 185 horsepower, and was the most powerful four door well, sedan in the world. It makes you, and it had a five speed. Right. Yeah. It makes you really appreciate Peter Gleason's collection. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a guy who knows cars and knows BMWs, and he's got every crown jewel BMW. And he gets it. Uh, I, his collection is one of the most impressive ones out there because, well, he also drives them, but also he's got like the best of the best of all the best drivers BMWs. And that, Pretty much. Yeah. What's uh, what's your crown jewel if you had one? I mean, you can name a few. I know it's not like an impossible <laughs> question for most of us. So uh, there's so many cars. You know, I'm driving one of them right now. I've always wanted a Porsche 928s, yeah. and so I found a Euro spec model. With the manual transmission and the checkered interior, I was just going to say, you, know, you got the yeah. like the best of the best. And that that, interior. that car 
is an awesome road machine, and it is so un-Porsche. The car feels like a muscle car. Mm-hmm. Um, very un-Porsche. Hmm. I love 911s. I like early 911s and the air-cooled cars, but the the 928 is really a tour de force of German engineering. It is incredible. Um, and then my black sheep of my collection is the Maserati 430 sedan, the as known as the bi-turbo. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what year is that? <laughs> it's an 89. 89, okay. Yeah, I, I love that car. It's yeah. so quirky. It is it's it is terribly made, but That's it's so beautiful like, on the inside. Drove across Africa? Or, or uh, what, no, they had that. Well, um, the Grand Tour, they did a Maserati <laughs> bi-turbo challenge That's where right. they all, and, and uh, Richard Hammond had the 430, which is the yep. four-door sedan. Mm-hmm. Because there was a two-door. Fast little car. Yeah. Fast car. Yeah. Beautiful interior. Everything hand-stitched leather with real, you know, burl walnut, but terrible build quality. (laughs) (laughs) Again. You're driving the car, and and you know it's fragile. (laughs) Fragile. Uh, (laughs) Fragile. What is the name of that interior on the 928 to go back to that? Pasha. Pasha, Yes. I've even got the phone case case. that matches. Yeah, yeah, you always match. Your shoes match your shirt (laughs) all the time. You're a walking golf. You're a walking (laughs) golf at. Oh, he he dresses impeccable. I'm jealous of half the stuff he owns. And he has small feet because he can get into those damn damn driver's shoes. But (laughs) you have to have it to drive those Italian cars. Oh, small 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 pedal box. Yeah, I'll put some photos up of this. Um, Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite parts about the cars I've seen you drive. You always drive. Very interesting, very eclectic, and very cool cars. Yeah, like uh, the, our closing day of exotics, he pulled up in that BMW Isetta, yeah. which is just is it Isetta? Iz- well, I'm Isetta? not sure. I think it's Isetta. It's the Steve Urkel <laughs> BMW. Yes, which now is a huge collector's item. Yeah, just what, don't go what was awesome was that that car was getting all the attention, uh-huh. and there was McLaren's park right next to it. Yep. There was a, a, a Ferrari Enzo. Um, 40 and like everybody's kind of running over and, it's and like, everybody wants their picture taken in the car can i sit in that car can i say yeah absolutely it, it, it was incredible like it's fun when you think about the fact if something breaks down you just pick up the back end right well, yeah what, what did it have it was a two-stroke right uh no? yeah it's a little 300 cc motorcycle engine yeah 300 cc two-stroke mm-hmm. yeah and so it's like if you if you don't get a good run at a hill you're not going to make it literally you have to turn around and go back down the, the carburetor is it's the size of two shot glasses. I mean, it's just tiniest little carburetor. Yeah, It's such a cool little car though. I, I love cars like that. And like you were saying, it gets, it's like when we were talking about Jason and his Volkswagen bus, when you go around in cars like right. that, you can pull up next to anything. And that is going to be the attention because yeah, everybody's yeah. got this story or this memory. I mean, it, it, even in the younger generation of us, we're like, Oh, that's the Steve Urkel car. Like he said, yeah, but it's like, I remember like seeing the old ads for those things because I've always wanted one of those little Isettas. I haven't had the room to have an extra, like a fourth car because it's really what it is. Any, I could have the room in here to have one of those. No, but I mean. <laughs> that would fit in the elevator, I'm it pretty was. sure. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, I mean, I, I need the shop and the space. When you have a car like that, it's definitely not one of the driver cars in your collection. Right. It's the car you take out because it's a sunny but, day. And but you when you drive it and you think back, okay, after, the war, after World War II, Okay, Germany was just desolate. I mean, they, everybody was poor. The whole country was in ruins. That was a car that saved BMW because it brought back. This was a vehicle that was affordable that the mass you know population could drive. But to try to think of that car driving on the autobahn, I don't even drive that car on the freeway. It's it's you know. Yeah, but at the time, everybody else had one, so the autobahn wasn't that fast. Right. <laughs> And other people had tanks, so, and and that was their only vehicle sure. transport. You know, it's like wow, it's. 
But I mean, you think about that was so, that was I hate to say this, but the smart car of the day and the fact Cur- that it, yeah, it, it was affordable. You could park yeah. it straight into the curb and you weren't hanging out yeah, that yeah, far. Is that you know, yeah. the Beetle. I mean, look at the yeah. competition at the time. The Fiat Five Hundred. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, those were awesome cars. Let's uh, let's take another quick break and we'll come back with a few more car stories. We spend an average of eight hours and forty-one minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Okay, so unlike, or like us, I should say, you have had the opportunity to drive some incredible cars, some things that the normal people probably don't know exist for one, and two, would just be jealous to see. So what are some of the coolest stuff that you've been able to put, get behind the wheel? Yeah, so I had a chance to drive um, both the Mercedes 300 SL Roadster and a Gullwing. Wow. Uh, epic. And when you're driving those cars, you're sort of realizing, wow, this, I'm actually in this vehicle. I'm driving this vehicle. I drove it to Seattle, went to the Yacht Club, had it on display there. Um, the 300 Gullwing, you can drive actually in today's modern traffic. It feels like a modern vehicle. And in 1957, you compare that to a 57 Corvette, which feels just like a, a pickup truck. You know, in <laughs> Most comparison. Most Corvettes do, yeah. <laughs> That's that ladder box frame we still have. <laughs> Or, yeah. or a 50s MG or, sure. or even a Jag, for instance. And the Mercedes was so far advanced over anything, and it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, the other cool car was when I got to drive David Bingham's uh, original 289 Cobra with the Paxton supercharger uh, from Bellevue to out to the historic races. That must terrifying. have been slow. That was an awesome car. <laughs> Great sound, wire wheels, wood steering wheel. Uh, steering really, really cool more than my car. car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of us. Well, shut up. <laughs> and and, if, and then uh, I drove a pre-war Aston Martin. I, I can't remember the model, but I, I think it was a 1936. Uh, drove drove one of those just briefly. Um, yeah, just cool stuff. Cool stuff. It it's amazing to like you said to connect with history like that. I mean, like I would love to drive an SL. I mean, I, that's just it's. We, I was in fact I was looking at the one at the Microsoft Car Show. The, yeah, the yeah. one, at, uh, yeah, yeah, the one Ashley was sitting. Ashley, that's her dream car. Transports you back to uh, you know glamorous era of Hollywood. Ashley, you think she you were Clark Gable? <laughs> we were joking about the, what did you do? You broke the steering wheel. It's not supposed to do that. The the flip down steering wheel. Yeah. She yeah. got it and she yeah. flipped it. And it went. Poof. She was just like the look on her face. <laughs> she's she's never gonna live that moment down. Nope. It was nope. Terrifying. But, but yeah. It just I, looks I like got such a, a ride tour. In, uh, from Fred in uh, 250 Cal Spider. I would love to drive one someday. Oh, we all would. Yeah. But nobody's dumb enough to let Dan and I do that. You might have an opportunity. So. <laughs> Everybody sees Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and they're like, I could see them doing that. Right. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I mean, it the, the the vintage Ferraris, I think, would be my my ultimate goal. Like, I mean, the 250. Um, I'd love to drive a 250 GTO. I don't know if I'd have the skill to but i think it'd be fun to yeah that's on my list of cars i want to ride in but yes. i don't know that that's such a level that's out there i don't know if i would enjoy it because i would be so paranoid driving it no matter what i was doing i would be terrified of like just hitting the wrong gear and hitting a synchro you know something like that would that's one of those cars that's so so up there kind of like a mclaren f1 to me or as much as i dream yeah. about having that car or owning that car 
I think I would actually rather be a passenger with somebody who really knew how to drive it. I think I would actually enjoy that experience more. I would just, it would, I would be too nervous. And I usually don't get nervous driving cars. You can put me in just about anything. I've driven million dollar cars before, but something like that, like, yeah. I'd just be like, oh, I don't know. Those, uh, those, uh, test, those Ferrari Testarossas get you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to push that back into the hangar at the uh, Jet Center event last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was driving down just to get in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of, the, one of another epic trips was, uh, I got to drive a, an 87 white on white Countach. Oh. And with the wing, white wheels, we had just done, gotten done doing a full service and new clutch, and they needed someone that fit in the car to go test drive it. So I took it out for half an hour, and it was cool. I mean, it was that was my dream car when I was in high school. Just I had, My room was plastered with those posters. Sure. Not really the most um, <laughs> comfortable vehicle to drive. I mean, really stiff Lots clutch. Lots of great airflow in there, though. It doesn't Very get hot stiff at all, clutch. does it? Oh, I was sweating my, you know yeah, what, off. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. But it was cool. Old Alpine cassette player. I popped a Devo cassette in there. I was listening to Devo <laughs> and driving this Countach, and I had to stop and pulled it off in bridal trails. Did a little photo shoot and you know blasted on Facebook. Oh, high school dream come true. You know, just what a cool car. Screw you, Mister Rogers. <laughs> I did make it. <laughs> I, I I would love to drive a Countach. I've talked to uh, Mike Wilson about his red. I mean. I mean, I love that car. Obviously, I mean, I had that, and you had, I had the the Countach, and then you had the, either the red or the black Testarossa on your wall. And I had all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was always a Countach fan. Yep, I, I had that poster. I think it was the white one I had was it, had it was on a black floor with white and black checkerboard in front of it, kind of at a forty five degree angle. Like I can specifically remember yeah. the poster. I, I had, had the black blue one and a red one. Trapper Keeper with the red Countach. On yeah, it. I remember yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, that, and it was hard to find. But still, that the opening scene of Cannonball Run with that car pulling away—that sound of that car changed my life. Like, oh, you mean them speeding up the film to make it look like it's pulling away <laughs> yeah, real fast? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, because it's not that fast of a car by today's standards, but it is still one of the best sounding cars I've ever. But in heard. its day, it was the oh, in its epic day, yeah. halo of all. Was it three hundred horsepower? I think. I think it was a little bit more than that, but it was just like just a tad less than 200 miles an hour car. I mean, you, was you may know this. There was an 80s, late 80s or 90s movie, and it was about a kid, and he always wanted, and in his mind, it was the Lamborghini Countach, but it wasn't, and there was a factory, and they were making them in the movie, but they weren't Countaches. Travari. Yep. 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 Travari. Yep. And I, I want to watch that movie yep. again, and I can't remember what that movie was called, mm-hmm. but they were counterfeits. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they were like selling drugs in the car, putting yep. drugs or... We had we had an, a, a a previous guest of ours that got in trouble for building, uh, yeah, for re- replica building replica Lamborghini like Lamborghini shut yeah. them down, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because of it. So I I loved. I mean, you you remember there's that guy that made he he made his own Countach in his basement to the point where he had to knock yes, out. Yes, I, I watched that on YouTube. His, yeah, yeah, he had to knock out the foundation of his house to get it out. And I think it's probably it's, it's gray and black, which you don't see, but I I think the Countach is one of the most gorgeous cars in the world, except when they had to put that front wing on it. <laughs> I love the front wing. Really? I think it's it's, it's hideous. That's yeah. why I love if, it. In I, fact, the Cannonball but, Run it, one black yep. Countach had a front that wing. Is, that's why. It, it's not because I think it's a good design thing. In fact, it was terrible and it caused a ton of lift in the front of the car. But it's because of the nostalgia that it brings me back to Cannonball Run and that they had those hella lights yep. underneath it, like the rally style. And because that was my first image of the car, yeah. it's still cool in my mind, even though it's terrible. I still want to look into that. Remember when the, it, it broke down and they stole like the mechanic kid's car that was like the bubble, and the bubble went forward? 
Yeah, it was it was like one of those Volkswagen. It was a Volkswagen powered, but it was an exotic. Yeah, kind of like a. I want to say a Bradley. Some kid but in the middle of nowhere that had a, a an exotic Volkswagen that they happened to. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Daisy Duke got out of a car, I'd give her anything she wanted. Still at her age, now I'd give her what she wants. But somebody kid. actually has one of those. Oh, I'm I sure. Saw it in Bellevue. Yeah, bright metallic green. Well, I mean, imagine that in the, in this area finding a car like that. I'm still trying to figure out how the hell Park Place has a law Ferrari, um, but I'm not going into that. Um, <laughs> anywho, but yeah, you've had some you've had some pretty good driving experiences. I mean, it's, yeah. So what's what's the next what's what's your next car in your collection? What yeah. what are you looking for? Uh, the someday there has to be a Lotus Esprit Turbo. It's okay. got to be a four cylinder. I like the the second gen. You know the the original Gijaro. Um, Esprit S2, they'd call it yep. like the the yeah, total is the wedge. Wider, is that the wider one? Uh, just be the old, the original wedge design, but okay, yeah. the turbo. So it would have this, the you know the BBS wheels and yeah. the, the sills and the little little you know spoiler on the back. Just a little flip up tail. Just a little That's kick the, up. Yeah. The two is the James Bond car, right? Or is that the one? Well, series one is, is, is the original yeah. James Bond car. Was the series one right? They so yeah, went in the, the underwater. One, yeah. So yeah. the after the one right after that. Yeah. Ah, uh, the Lotus. Sub. So Roger Moore drove a uh, a series two uh, turbo in. Uh, for your eyes only. Okay. Yeah, I knew I knew I'd seen that it. That Lotus sub is totally unbelievable. It's a British car that doesn't leak. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a car that we already know leaks in the rain, put it under the water. What could happen? He makes a solid argument. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, I'm a British owner. I'm one of those. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. What's your favorite one in the showroom right now? What's the one you you like uh, walk by and kind of glance over every time? Oh, there's so many. There's you still so have many. that discovery, that, or not discovery? The Defender, Defender is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah I love the, the white Defender wagon. Oh. That's one of my favorites. Um, we've got a little '61 Alfa Romeo Spider Veloce, uh, Spider Giulietta Veloce. Cool. That's a cool car. White. Yeah. It was at the. It was at Cars in uh, yeah. Redmond Town Center the other day. Actually, when I drove the Izetta, it was there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. behind you, Josh yeah. was driving it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, if you guys haven't uh, been to Authentic Motor Cars and you want to check some cool stuff out, you want to talk uh, Italians or you want to... And British. You guys yeah, have a lot British. of British stuff it, that comes there, anything. too. Yeah. You have something eclectic. I'm some German. Yeah. The Germans. The Brits. <laughs> hey, actually, you guys have a really nice Bronco in there last time I was there. Yeah. You guys have some just unique cars. Um, but that's the place to go. That's where we send our friends. That's where we take our own cars. Yep. Uh, his triumph, that is. When you've got the right car that needs the right kind of attention, that's where you want to go. Uh, you need it done right at least yeah exactly so that said that's an important thing to bring up if you want it done right versus done it's like that's that's the important part of that equation there when are, when are you guys open like because you, you the showroom's actually or is it, is it invitation uh, we're monday through friday monday you know friday. eight eight thirty to five okay. um but weekends by appointment yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful We're place. A, you know, we are a boutique dealer, which I like. I like the size, and and it allows us to you know to create a real personalized approach to service and sales rather than a big conglomerate environment where you walk in and you just get you know accosted. Um, I like the more personal. I like to get to know every one of my customers. They usually end up becoming friends. Sure. And and I like to it, the whole thing for me is the way cars relate to people. And the stories that they have and how we're all connected, you know, through our passion for these automobiles. And it doesn't matter what you're into, I, you know, whether it's an air-cooled Volkswagen or, or a Lamborghini V12 or, you know, a, a 69 Dodge Charger. You know, we all love yes, our please. machines and, <laughs> and there's reasons we all like our machines and there's stories behind those. And that's what I love is just the connections that you can form with people. 
the connections i mean connections through cars is incredible and the things i mean it's like there's a theme with our guests or something it's almost <laughs> like that almost we want, to be, we want to be calling a theme but yeah, yeah you guys are also incredible. an avance partner right yes we are yeah so and that's uh the first time i went to authentic motor cars was yeah. through avance they did an event there uh ashley spoke there with you um that and was, adam yeah and adam kramer from avance who's also been a guest on here so Small world, yeah. As he usual. he approached me and and wanted to do an event, and it was really cool because we we did ride alongs, you know, and we we had a BMW 2002 TII. I was giving rides in uh, my Lancia Scorpion, and uh, Andrew that works for me was giving rides in the Ferrari 328 GTS, and so it was fun to take the majority of Avance members have modern cars, BMWs, uh, Nissans, Toyotas. Mercedes, and they haven't really been exposed to vintage cars. Yes. So it was fun to get everybody's reaction when they were in these cars. Well, how old is this car? This is a BMW? Wow. You know, that it, it kind of blew their mind that it was still on the road. <laughs> that was another one of my favorite cars that you guys had. I don't know if you, that is that Toyota truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I sold that to a local collector. That was one of my favorite creations. Yeah. Just bring back your childhood kind of thing. Yeah. So what year was that? That was an 85. 85, okay. Yeah, the Baja Tribute yep. truck. Yep, awesome yep. truck. Beautiful, beautiful truck, yeah. All right, well, we really appreciate you coming in, spending time with us, and, and sharing some of your stories. Um, you know, if you want to get a hold of uh, Shannon, all of his information will be in the in his little paragraph on uh, that you click on. On our website. On you our website. Through. You'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank um, you very much, yeah, guys. No yeah, problem. Thanks for coming you in. You did a wonderful job. I hope we were gentle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there, enjoy the drive.